Welcome to the Living Numbers Podcast. This is the Living Numbers Podcast, and I am your host, Tony Rambles. We want to talk about life through the lens of numbers, starting fittingly with the number one. Of course, because it's the first episode. And the first thing I want to tell you is why I'm doing a podcast. And it's because I want to. I think it'd be fun. And I'd like to offer my perspective on things that's going on in life. That's going on in sports. That's going on around the world. As best I can from my 31-year-old mindset. So we're going to start with the number 13. Channel 13. 13 degrees last week in Houston, Texas, lowest since 1895. And as I was watching the news, I finally began to understand. Because sometimes we're in our own little bubble. And if something's not happening to you, then you don't necessarily get the full scope of what's going on in your community or your city, your country. And as I started to see all of the different stories that were popping up of people freezing and in desperation, they had stories of people turning on their cars and putting them in their garage to try to stay warm. And a family passed away from carbon monoxide poisoning. Maybe they, they didn't know. That that would happen if you run your car without opening your garage. But desperation pushed them to this point. Another family was trying to stay warm. And somehow their roof caught on fire. So most of the family passed away. But the mom survived. But if you're unprepared. Then you can make mistakes unknowingly. And put yourself in a precarious situation dozens passed away 14 million without water and or power and it put me into the mindset because I guess I should share how everything happened for us my wife and I so the freeze came on Monday and we didn't lose power We didn't lose water, water pressure, and everything was running smoothly until about Tuesday, Tuesday evening. And my mother-in-law and my, my brother and his children and his wife, they came to stay with us Monday and the first part of Tuesday. And we were just so grateful that we were able to open our home for for family to be able to have a place that is relatively warm because we we turned our settings down to try to do our part and so you feel like okay uh if we still have power and water we should be good Uh, until tuesday evening when we lost our power so the upstairs is warmer so we we made a pallet we went to pallet town and uh we we had to bundle up ourselves to, to stay warm. But 
it just really makes you you understand what what everyone else is going through when you have to experience it yourself as well and it just made me really grateful that we that we have a home to be able to to open up to to our family and to anyone else who would have needed it and to be able to provide food and warmth and a shower and so today this number 13 is about perspective things happen all over the world and a lot of times we don't understand them uh, a lot of times we don't even pay attention to them until those things come to our front step so just try to be more appreciative of where you are and what you have let's try to keep our mind on the on the good things and help people when you can that's our number 13 and it's so fitting because I'm from Michigan so I understand what 13 degrees is like I understand what zero degrees is like and you have people that will walk around and go well it's not even cold and I go well to you you may not be cold and that's fine don't try to make other people feel bad because they're cold so what you're from state x and it gets cold there all the time nobody cares Right, just go, man, you know what? It is pretty cold down here, huh? How you dealing with the cold? Right now you have made a friend instead of an enemy because of your sarcasm. So, that brings us to, speaking of trying to be a friend to someone, Serena Williams. She's got 23 Grand Slams, which is our number here. 23 Grand Slams specifically. I know that number can... Invoke a different name, but that's another topic for another day. And people are trying to get this woman to retire. Which makes no sense to me. We are so quick to want to push athletes specifically out the door before they're ready. Why? Since January 2017, when she came back from her pregnancy, she's been to eight semifinals, at least. And since then, she's been a really good player. Since she's come back from giving birth and going through all the ordeals that she's gone through. Eight semifinals, that's pretty good. And in some of those tournaments, she's gotten to finals. She's won some of them. So to go, man, you know what? She's done. She's fried. It's time for her to give it up. Like, hold on, wait a second. This woman has worked her entire life, as have other athletes, when they get to a relatively advanced age in their sport. Serena Williams is 39 years old. In eternity in in tennis. And people are so quick to go, Get her out of here. We've got Naomi Osaka. We've got Azarenka. And countless other tennis pros. Don't get me here to lying. I'm not a tennis a tennis expert by any means. But I saw the way people spoke about Serena. One of the greats of our time. One of the greats of our time in any sport. Just a sheer dominance. And how she represented an an entire society 
in a a sport that's relatively uh that doesn't have as many people that look like me and Serena in it. And so she can still do it. I say, hey, you keep playing until you feel like, you know what, it's time for me to hang them up. And only the person playing knows. Only the person playing knows. And so who are we to push out some of these world-renowned athletes who have sacrificed so much to get to the level that they've gotten to? Who are we to tell those people to stop? We heard it about Tom Brady so many times. Ah, man, he should give it up. Looks like he's losing it. It's not as good as he used to be. I remember when when Jerry Rice left the 49ers, then he went to the Raiders, and then he went to the Seahawks. I think he even spent, had a cup of coffee in, in Denver. But everybody was so quick to push him out the door when he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And so I just say, hey, let these people play until they've got nothing left. Because once once you don't have it at all, once it's gone, it is gone. Like you are not able to summon what you once had. So I say let them play until it is 100% over. They've got nothing left in the tank. They've got nothing left to offer the sport. Keep going. Keep riding. Keep hitting keep running and jumping do what you do best and do it until you can't do it anymore so shout out to serena shout out to venus as well 23 grand slams hopefully she gets to 25 she can win two more so she can lead in that category all time i would love it but even if she doesn't she's still arguably the greatest tennis player greatest athlete in modern history. So speaking of old people. I've got three numbers right. And these all go together. So we've got number 12. One of these people I've, I've mentioned earlier. We've got number 30. And we've got number 2. All of these jersey numbers. Of players. That play. At a relatively high level. In their specific sport. So of course. The best 12 of all time. That's going to be Tom Brady. Number 30. That's going to be Steph Curry. Not arguably. But definitely. The greatest shooter to ever walk the earth. At least that's what uh, Stephen A says. Every time he comes on TV. It's like we know. We got it. And. Number two, LaMelo Ball. So you may go, well, what do these guys have in common? And this is something that I've, I watch very closely, not just with these guys, but with other people in different industries, whether it's retail, whether it's oil and gas, whether it's sports, non-sports, family, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's something about these guys that are that have a galvanizing effect. They're galvanizing leaders. People 
want to follow these guys. When you talk about Tom Brady with the Patriots and now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, talk about Steph Curry with the Golden State Warriors for his professional career, and you talk about LaMelo Ball. I'll get to him in a second, though. Here are some things that people have said about Tom Brady. I want you guys to know that. I'm not just making this thing up here. Todd Christensen says, I think he's always been such a good guy. You won't find a teammate who will say a bad word about him. I think he's always been the same guy. Nolan Ryan's ex-pitching coach says this, wherever Tom goes, when he walks into the room, he can move the room. What I believe he does is change settings. He sets expectations, reasonable expectations for everybody. And he forces them, pushes them, whatever it takes to have them do that. When everybody does their job and they have a leader like Tom that can push them in the right direction, it ends up in the Super Bowl run. That's Tom House, Nolan Ryan's ex-pitching coach. The great Nolan Ryan. Here's another one. Ty Bowles, his defensive coordinator here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He says he makes everyone else feel important and feel like superstars. His people skills are outstanding. The way he includes everyone in everything that they do and channels it into football is like nothing I've ever seen. I think that's what he brings to the table. From that, you can't pay enough money for. That's Todd Bowles. He's been around the league a long time. Been a head coach in this league. Been a coordinator for years. Here's another one. Another player. A quarterback. Brian Hoyer. He's such a great person. You all get to see how great a player he is. And I think I'm fortunate to get to see how great a person he is. He's a great friend, a great father, and a great husband. I'll give you one more. Very short. Dwayne Allen, tight end, New England Patriots. Quote, it's inspiring to play with him because even at the age of 41, the way he goes about his craft, the way that he writes notes, the way that he challenges others to be great is inserting. These are the things that people say about Tom Brady. His character speaks for itself. People love this guy. He has a galvanizing effect. People want to be around him. Not just play football with him. They want to be around him. They want to be in the room with him. Okay, Steph Curry. Shaq says this. Works hard, intelligent, classy, great team player. Clay Thompson, his splash brother. He says, great teammate, better friend, prime example of a leader. Jerry West, the great Jerry West, says, grounded, great thrill to be around, has a unique voice and presence. Wow. Marcus Thompson II is a writer in Oakland. He traveled with the team. He says he's the nicest guy he's ever covered. So we're not just talking about players here. Look, this from his coach, from Davidson, says his work ethic his sense of being a teammate, his precision, his
his IQ and quick twitch eyes and feet, his skill, it was connected. Everything about him was connected to excellence. One more from Marquise Chris, his current teammate on a team that's not winning every game, on a team that's not blowing people out every game. This is what he says. When, when Steph Curry was injured last year, he says he talks to everybody and it's weird for me. Somebody being so good, you expect them to have an ego and, you know, kind of keep to themselves. But he talks to everyone like they're on the same level as him. I think that it makes for good culture around here. That's Marquise Chris. We're not talking about a superstar athlete. We're talking about a relative role player. And so those guys are great. We know they have these track records that surpass them. You say those names, people know who they are, even if they don't watch sports. And the last number, number two, LaMelo Ball, who came into the league with so much hype, so much bluster. Most of it not created by him. We all know where that came from. So it was interesting to see how his teammates and his coaches reacted to him. And so when you watch these guys play now, I don't know if you guys are watching a lot of Hornets games. I honestly haven't watched all of them, but I've made it a point to go, okay, let's let's check out this LaMelo character. Is he as good as they say he is? Is he worthy of the top three pick that he got? Because we know sometimes that there's a lot of hype, not a lot of substance. But when you watch LaMelo play, not just how he plays, but how his teammates react to him, how they celebrate with him, how his sharing the ball play style has become contagious. You go, hmm, okay. I think that that they may have something here with this guy because people want to play with him. This is not the most successful team. They don't have the most wins, but they look like they're enjoying playing the game with him. They just look like, man, this is fun. Win or lose, we're having fun, we're learning, and we're in this thing together. That's how it appears to be with LaMelo Ball. And you just hope him coming into the league the way that he did, being well-traveled in a very short amount of time from 14 to 18 ish till he was drafted he played in three different countries professionally not many guys even 20 years old can say that they have even left the country one time this man spent time in australia as a professional basketball player he spent time in lithuania of all places now, I don't know anything about Lithuania. Shout out to Lithuania. No shade here. But he spent time in Lithuania as a professional basketball player. Contractor, whatever. We know that there was some money exchanging hands. There was some way that he was compensated. One way or another. But the road that he traveled to get here, you would hope, or you would think, I would think, that there was some maturing that had to happen 
in order for him to be relatively successful in those places playing with grown men because they don't want they don't want the bs right they'll take it that he's there because they get the exposure they get people watching their league but i'm I'm a grown man i'm playing basketball and you know if this kid is here hooping then i would hope that he's taking it serious and not BSing his way through it so he could get to the league. And it I mean it seemed like it seems like like he did his due diligence and he, he took it seriously and he got better. So so hopefully my eyes are telling me the right thing because if this guy is a great leader too, in addition to being a great player, then you have something special. Because if you're Best player is not your best leader. There's a ceiling on how far you can go with your team. Your best player has to be your best leader and your hardest worker because they set the tone for everyone. They set the tone for everything. I mean, going back to Tom Brady, there were times where they said during the Super Bowl run in which they just absolutely embarrassed the Chiefs where They said that Tom got into a mode when it was playoff time where the coaches would go, oh, like, oh, crap, like, we've we've never seen this this before. Like, the coaches were even walking on eggshells. The coaches knew that they had to step their game up to rise to the level of greatness that Tom Brady is. And that's because he's the best leader and he's the hardest worker and he sets the highest expectations for his team. If your best player is not your best leader, then you're going to have a problem. You just are. Time and time again, trust me, it will ring true in most situations. With that being said, I'm going to leave you with this last, this last number, $500. And I'm going to leave you with a little story. So... I got a PlayStation 5 and it costs 540 something dollars. Uh but of course it retails for 499. So that's easier. Let's make the last number $499 before tax. And so it's after Black Friday. I think it's a week after Black Friday. And my brother calls me. He's like, "Man, I got a PS5. I had to wait outside from seven in the morning until seven in the morning so he waited out there for about eight hours and it was cold and he had to go to seven different stores and he was like man if i was down there my brother living in in michigan detroit michigan he said man you would have got a seven you you would have got a ps5 we would have went somewhere and we would have camped out and we both would have got ps5s because i'm a gamer we've been gaming for our whole lives Thanks to my dad and my uncles and my cousins. And I said, man, I don't know about that one. I got a wife, a pregnant wife at that. I don't know if she would have let me camp out. But be that as it may, it kind of pushed me there to find a way to get a PS5. So me, ignorantly, I had no idea how hard it was to get a PS5. (laughs) At this point, I had no idea that people were scavenging the earth looking for a PS5. 
So I start to do the same thing. I get on all your your apps and sites. I go to OfferUp. I go to Target and Walmart, Best Buy. Of course, they're nowhere to be found, at least for a reasonable price. Anytime you find one for a reasonable price, it's probably a scam. People were selling PS5 boxes and scamming people out of hundreds of dollars. Imagine getting a box with a couple of bricks in it and you just gave up 700 bucks to get a PS5 and and there's nothing. I would be so upset. I mean, I don't have $700 to throw down the drain. But at that point, I was like, okay, if I could get a if I could get this PS5 for $700, right? It may be worth the hassle a little bit. You know, you got to pay the fee. You know what I'm saying? You your name is not on the list, so you got to pay the fee. Right? I didn't pre-order. And and if you did, you were lucky cuz those pre-orders went super crazy really really fast. For both the PS5 and the Xbox. So I'm I'm all over the sites. I'm trying to to get on at midnight and double click and click my space bar and pay for pay for my, my PS5 and so that I can so I can get it in the mail. None of it works. None of it. I think I, I got scammed out of twenty five bucks. Cause you go, they'll go, oh, oh uh yeah, meet me meet me here. Uh, but I, I want you to, uh, they want you to pay some upfront money. I'm like, upfront? Like, you're not about to get me. You're not about to scam me out of my money. That's silly. Like, you're not a reputable company. Why would I pay you money first? Who says that you will ever show up? And of course I was right. But for this time, you know, I, I got desperate. I said, uh, you know what? 25 bucks, if I get scammed out of 25, you know, I won't be hurting. So I did it. I got scammed out of my money. And I said, you know what? Never again. I need a new game plan. I need a different way to make this happen. Because I'm going to get me a PS5. One way or another. And I'm not going to have to scam anybody. I'm not going to have to hit anybody over the head either. So. I go to my local Walmart. There's two. Right in between my home. If I go to this street and I make it right, I could get to a Walmart in about uh, maybe seven, eight minutes. If I go to this street and make a left, I could get to a Walmart in about five. So I go, you know what? I'm going to pick a Walmart. And I'm going to go to this Walmart every day, every single day before they open until I get me a PlayStation. That was my plan of attack. So after dealing with the internet for, I don't know, maybe a week or two, that became my plan. At about beginning of December. So on my way to work, my high school teacher, I got to be there at seven, seven ish. And uh, the Walmart opens at seven. Because, you know, right now with the pandemic and all that great stuff, we're not so great stuff. You know, hours have changed because this Walmart used to be 24 hours. I'm like, I can go up there whenever I feel like it. Nope. But this worked to my advantage. So they open at seven. 
I get up there at about 6.50. This is Monday. Get up there at about 6.50. It's about five or six people in line. There's people coming in and out. Employees. 7 o'clock, somebody comes. Opens up the door. Me and the other people walk in. As we get through the first set of double doors and the second set of double doors, then there's a little gate that swings open towards you. All right, so we get through the gate. People start walking a little bit faster, trying to get to the electronic section. You know it's always all the way at the back. So they start to walk a little bit faster. And I'm like, hold on, wait a second. We are here for the same thing. And you know the supply is limited. Every, we're not here for double mint gum and a pack of AAA batteries and some shampoo. Like, no, we, we're here for the PS5. Some people for the Xbox. Hey, to each his own. I don't hate on either one. So, of course, we get back there. And there are no Xboxes or PlayStations. And this one lady is upset. She like, oh, oh, they got some. They holding them back there. They got some. They playing with us. They not about to play with me. And so I, I asked the guy, like, man, y'all got some PS5s? He said, no, nah, we don't have any. So I'm like, all right. He sees the lady going on and complaining. I want to speak to a manager. I say, man, I don't have time for this. I got to go to work. So that day, I know what it is. I know what I'm dealing with. So I go to work. And sure enough, the next day, Tuesday morning, there I am. 6.50 at the door. So, they open the doors. 7 o'clock. We go through the first double doors. We go through the second double doors. The gate swings open. And I take off. Gone. I said, y'all not about to beat me back here today. So I take off running. I think it's maybe one guy behind me. I get back to the electronic section. And of course, we don't have any PlayStation 5s. Dang. All right. I'll see y'all tomorrow. And so I leave out that day. Sure enough, I'm back. Wednesday morning. That same lady that was there on Monday is back. She obviously hasn't gotten the PlayStation yet. So it's a couple of people, maybe five or six, same thing, sitting around out chatting. A couple of people say, oh, they got some down here. They got about 20 of them. Oh, this one, they got about 30 of them. A friend of mine actually texted me and said, hey, man, there's some down in Galveston. I said, man, I'm not going to no Galveston for a PlayStation. I think he was just ribbing me. Shout out to my boy. So... This is a, a, a OG there with his son. And he just talking smack the whole time. And 701 comes. And nobody comes and opens up the door. Maybe they're too busy for us today. And so the OG from California goes through the employee side and just opens up the door and walks in. So we all look at each other like, shoot, I'm going in too. So we all walk in through the first set of double doors. We walk in through the second ones. 
the gate swings open, and I take off. Boom, dead sprint. I got a tie on and my loafers. But this time, there's a guy behind me. And I go, oh, no, sir. No, sir. I reckon I'm a pretty good athlete. You're not about to beat me back here. So, of course, I run down the main aisle, hit that 90 degree, do that end cut, and I get to electronics. I'm huffing and puffing. The guy right behind me huffing and puffing. I'm like, man, I got here first. I got here first. And uh, OG with his son walk up. And then the lady that was there on Monday. And OG is like, man, I told you. You can't be hesitating, man. You see, they know what's up. <laughs> and so, of course, they come up. We don't have any PlayStations. And here come the lady again. See, they playing with us. I know they got them. They got them back there. They hiding them for their friends. They keeping them. I know what y'all doing. Let me speak to the manager. And of course, I'm like, all right. I'll see y'all tomorrow. On my way out, I see the manager that was there on Monday. She's like, hey, I'll see you back again. I said, yep, I'll see you tomorrow. So sure enough, I pull up Thursday morning. About 6.50. And they just have a manager come out this time. Hey, guys. We don't have any PlayStation. <laughs> we don't have any Xboxes. So they got tired of seeing people running through the stores at 7 o'clock in the morning. And so I'm like, all right, I'm out of here then. Friday, same thing happens. So Saturday comes. I'm like, okay, let me try to get up there a little bit early today. People off work. It's the weekend. Let me get up there about 6.30. So I got up there about... 6.30-ish, maybe a little bit after. And it's about 15, 20 people outside. I'm like, oh, man, they must know something. And on my way up there, I could have swore somebody was racing me. Like they were switching lanes and were making the same turns. I'm like, did this person know I'm trying to go get a PlayStation? I don't know. I made a turn, and they kept going. So I'm not really 100% sure. But I get out, and I walk up, and they go, man, you the last one. I go, uh, okay, like what? What you mean? You the last one, man. They got 18 PlayStations in here, and you number 18. I said, what? Are you serious? Yeah, man. That lady going to come out and give you a ticket. So, of course, since everybody's spending money, $540 at least, they're bringing out snacks and giving us Gatorades. Y'all need anything else? Everybody like, nah, we good. So they actually started letting us into the store at about $650. I think it was a security thing. So we all go back there, and it's $18, 19 actually. Because a guy came up behind me and everybody just looked like, hey man, they don't have no more tickets. And so I had to break the news to him like, well, I got the last ticket. So, you know, they're not going to have any more. And he said, you know what, I'm going to just wait just in case, you know, you never know what happens. I'm like, shoot, more power to you, big dog. So we all go in and we get to the back. People paying for stuff, getting extra controllers and everything else that you would want to get with it. 
and I get to the front. I slide my car, of course. Decline. I go, well, of course, this is this is a mistake. I know that I have the money, right? The same thing everybody says when their car gets declined. There's been there's been a mistake. There's no way. I felt the same way. So I'm like, well, maybe they're trying to text me or send me an email or something. I go, well, I can't get a car. I don't have any service in here. She goes, well, sir, can you step out of line for me, please? I go, oh, man, this is what I'm thinking. I didn't say anything. Of course, I kept it cool, cool and calm when I was in line. I said, okay. I stepped to the side. I'm thinking, man, they're they not about to sell my PlayStation. It's mine. I got the ticket. So I turn on the Wi-Fi. And sure enough, there's an email right there. There's a purchase here for $540. Is this you? Approve or decline? And of course, I approve. I approve. I slid back in line, swipe my card. Sure enough, it goes through. I'm like, man, I dodged a bullet there. So that's how I got my PlayStation, y'all. They was putting them in these plastic bags, these black trash bags and these brown paper bags as a security measure because they didn't want anybody to get jacked on their way out. And so, of course, I put the speed walk on. That thing is kind of heavy, too. Put the speed walk on. I'm looking around. Get in my car, and I'm out of there. And that's my PlayStation story. I thought it was a pretty good one, so hopefully y'all enjoyed it. Hopefully y'all enjoyed the first episode. Of course, please follow, download, rate, review, like, all of that great stuff. Show your boy some love on the on the podcast. Cause I'm doing it just cause I want to. This is Tony Rambles. 